Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Two Feet Apart with me, your host, Peachy Patra. Today, we have two special guests and two of my favorite people, um, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Do you want to go first, Michael? All right. Thanks for my introduction. I already said my name. Uh, that's what it is, Michael. Hey, what's up? Uh, Patrick's older brother, uh, comedian, uh, phenomenon, and uh, YouTube sensation. Uh, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Jordan? That was hard to follow up on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is your uh, You can do it. You can yeah. do whatever you do and just over embellish it, you know, just lie, you know? <laughs> Uh, you know, extraordinaire. I'm, I'm Patrick's <laughs> older sister, older little yeah. big sister. Yeah. Mom extraordinaire, mom of the year, two time, two time uh, in a row, mom of the year, 2017 and 18. You know, we're slipping <laughs> on 2019, but don't worry. we'll get it back. <laughs> None of the recent years, just just 2017 and 18. Um, yeah. <laughs> went so, downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so the last time we spoke to you, I think it was the second or third episode of season one. And at the time, right. um, you were just doing stand-up comedy and we kind of spoke about when we met and that kind of stuff. But do you want to yeah. give a little update on your life and what you've been working on and what you keep busy with? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quarantine, uh, lockdown. I have been like yeah comedy's done it was going for a while i was very fortunate at the beginning of it you know if we're going to start at the very top uh to be, still be able to get on some stages and whatnot uh, go back to alberta uh, step on the stage at the uh, comedy club down there uh, good times for a month and then i was working at a club here's a house mc in niagara falls ontario and then boom the lot then our numbers got weren't good at all and they, so they shut down the whole province so now i've been locked up um, at the house uh and just been creating online content now just uh just trying to grow the youtube uh, you know trying to get that monetization so go subscribe <laughs> to my youtube channel i need the money uh, 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 uh yeah so i got my youtube uh i put out like a like you know every you ever have those thoughts that keep you up like early morning or like you wake up early you try to go back to bed but these thoughts are running through your head you know i try to take those and just rant about those uh so you know maybe there's one that you might connect with um, i just started one that i'm very excited about uh is a basketball uh commentary but we're going to talk about basketball like the players doing the sport we're going to talk about everything they do outside on of uh of the court and uh, make fun of them and yeah, I have uh, some other uh, videos. There's a lot of my stand-up clips are on there. So I've been creating that, and I got a new podcast uh, called the Stupid Cupid Podcast with uh, two funny uh, friends, and we do. I drop that every Wednesday, and we just uh, recorded episode seven. So sorry for being late to this, but uh, yeah. So so that's where I am career-wise, just focusing on that. I'm also uh, applying for my green card to New York. So contacted a lawyer. Uh, like last week and then like this is a lawyer i uh, got the contact information from from other comics that are already in new york and already around the states and i reached out to multiple of them i'm like hey uh who's your lawyer who's your lawyer and they all came back with the same name they all came back with this dude he helped us out they didn't I, come they back didn't with like, like some girl you had to marry to get your green card 
Nothing, nothing. No, no girl to marry. I was hoping that we could be the road. Uh, you know, I'm close to Buffalo right now. So, you know, uh, yes, that I'll be on the side note, personal life. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be moving to the States. So me and my uh, girlfriend of three years uh, uh, broke up because I am moving. And, uh, you know, don't be uh, too sad because we're very happy for each other, very supportive of each other, never going to keep each other back from uh, what we want. So I'm going to New York to chase my dream. She's staying here to chase hers. So we're going to be uh, very supportive. Still living here. This is her house that I'm in right now. Uh, she hasn't kicked me out. But uh, yes. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, now I have, uh, I downloaded uh, Tinder and I'm swiping right on every Buffalo girl that lives in Buffalo <laughs> just to try to, you know, speed up the process. But uh <laughs> 90 day fiance. <laughs> I got the but legitimately I got I'm doing the green card uh process. There we go. There we go. So uh but yeah, all serious and doing the application for that. So I gotta put together a package and everything. So uh you know I gotta try to get myself in some uh news. Okay. Yo, can you still hear me? Yes. Okay. So I got to get myself in some like news articles and some other stuff, but like another, and a whole bunch of letters. So I'm putting together a package and, uh, you know, hopefully get my green card and head down there. And, uh, you know, but then we're now, we're just creating that online stuff. But so life is uh, good and comfortable right now. And it's going to get scary and wild you know, coming up quick. I feel that. Um, Jordan, I'm trying to think when, the listeners last heard you. I know we did an episode kind of talking about like overcoming some hardships and stuff like that. And then in the first season, we talked a little bit about our experiences growing up black and some of the racism that we faced. And then um, we also chatted a bit in the West Coast trip episode, just talking about like us meeting and stuff like that. Do you have any, um, any exciting updates in your life that you want to share? to put me on yeah. the spot <laughs> no pressure no pressure uh, come on get, give us the updates race the racism has ended right it's over, it's over, it's over. <laughs> one could hope one could hope it's over. Uh, yeah, yeah. i don't know i'm living in a small alberta town there's racism is alive and well <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's sad uh, uh, you gotta, well, uh, yeah there's nothing really big major just living life living life yeah. having uh being home with three kids you know not i mean every day is chaotic finding beauty Thanks. in that chaos um but just keeping on this road done like some training at work trying to like further my education be a counselor one day but that's pretty much my update exciting stuff yeah. not as exciting <laughs> as michael you always make me follow him and then I'm just next like, time lame next time i'll ask you first yeah well patrick you asked yeah, us absolutely. about our life why don't you talk about your life a little bit oh that's scary <laughs> yeah put us on the spot <laughs> um i I feel like I'm always updating the audience on like my social media. So it's hard to say updates. Um, <laughs> I'm currently also living in Alberta um, with Jordan. And uh, what did you, what were you about to add? Oh, I just saw a little twitch. Uh, <laughs> and 
I'll be going back to Ontario in March, doing a nice little road trip back. Hopefully the weather cooperates. Hopefully the borders don't shut down. Yeah, yeah, that would uh, be helpful. Um, I'm no longer small enough to fit in suitcases to smuggle across, so I gotta figure it out. Uh, and then I currently work yeah. at, it's not a long-term care center, but it's similar. It's like a retirement home, kind of. Uh, there's three different sections. So there's like supported living, memory care, and independence. And so I work um, basically as the Department of Resident Services for the building. And of course, do podcasting and content production management on the side. And yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Well, we're all we're all uh, you know doing it during this pandemic. Doing all the things. Yep. Yeah. Didn't have to, didn't have to collect that serb, right? Yeah. Or that what, you, what is that? What is, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's called. I think. I think that's yeah Canada wide. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's. How do you guys feel about the CERB? Because I know like in the States, they only got, I think, that one payment. And then now everyone's trying to fight for a payment. And I know that at first when they discussed the potential of putting it out, they said $600 for everybody. And now people are pushing for 2000 But this is something that Canada has had consistently since the mm -hmm. beginning of the pandemic. Um, but then it's tough because like right. you see the news articles on Facebook and then you get curious and read everyone's comments. And a lot of people... People are like, yay, this is awesome, whatever. And then a lot of people are really against it because um, they just think, you know, that it's not very helpful to the economy and stuff like that. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, like, uh, yeah, just, I don't know. Because, yeah, yeah, didn't have to get it. So didn't think too mm -hmm. much on it. But, yeah, I don't I don't know because it's yeah I think for the people that need it it is tough and yeah it w would be helpful for them you know there should be a lot of, like yeah helping with money and also a lot of uh, like exemptions and uh, you know everything should be refrained like you know people sh like shouldn't be kicked out of houses or you know ha just have some leeway on some debts and the bills to pay and everything mm -hmm. you know like this is a difficult time difficult time and everybody's got it at a different level so um, yeah I think I don't know, you got to help. And then whatever the government does give you, you know, that's on you. You got to make sure you don't spend that, you know, frivolously. And, you know, you know, I know it, I think even off whatever, 600, is it just, is it just one time payment of that money or is it that in the States month? or no in Canada, I guess. in Canada, you have to reapply every time you want it, but I think you can get it every two or four weeks. I don't remember, but it's $2,000. I think it's every four weeks. Right. Do you know? Like once a month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, you you should be able to survive off that. You could, there's, there's no way you can't ration that and, you know, make that, get to get your groceries and get everything you need. Yeah. I think uh, for the people like Michael was saying that need it, it's like a good benefit because I mean a lot of people are losing their jobs but mm -hmm. then you see on the flip side a lot of people abusing this where they weren't making that amount of money before mm -hmm. this pandemic and so now they're utilizing this money to whether it's feed their habits or you know yeah creating this dependency on this level of thinking that you know 
you're creating, they're dependent now on this 2000, whether it's like feeding their habits, you're creating a $2,000 a month mm -hmm. habit, you know? And so there, I see the both sides, there's good sides to the people that actually need it, but then there's the side of the people that are going to abuse it and you're creating other issues in our socio-economic and all of that, right? In mm -hmm. our, in our society that I, mm -hmm. I feel like people are going to abuse it or they're going to get a $2,000 habit that they're going to have to keep. If they have to keep that and they lose that, they're going to start stealing. It just adds all right. those, those complex issues, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah with everything, there's going to be this good and this, and the bad. And yeah, even like, we're not even like really even seeing the real effects of even the whole pandemic and everything you just said, Jordan, like, you know, that's still the come too see mm. the effects of everything mm. thinking like my line of work i just see so much like <laughs> fluctuating right. or like yeah different people and different people's needs that it's kind of the demand and stuff even like working with high-risk kids and youth just mm -hmm. like the demands on families and those right. financial pressures and all of that it's you know it's more prevalent now but trying to help families work through it it's hard like you can't tell a youth to get a job when there's no jobs to be had right mm -hmm. so different changing the yeah, way exactly. people work yeah. right you can't set expectations too high mm -hmm. absolutely no absolutely i think it's good perspectives especially from like different working points like you work with the younger generations and stuff like that and i work with the older and so just seeing the effect on the two different generations and lifestyles is so varying but still so significant to absolutely everybody um i'm sure people are tired of talking about and hearing about covid so it is currently february black history month uh I feel like we were all probably the token black people in our social circles. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and, you know, in schools and stuff, I remember often being the only like person of color in the class and whatever. And so I found that a lot of the time as I've gotten older and as people now want to understand more about black culture and black history, they kind of come to me and expect like the emotional labor and me to kind of explain and teach them. And I've, slowly learned that that's not my responsibility even though I still feel kind of obligated to because I want to kind of benefit other black people and kind of help these right. help people that aren't part of the community understand um, and understand different things um, how do you guys feel about do you guys have a similar experience to that do you find that people ask you about that or how are you handling uh black history month i think go. growing up i always had to follow in michael's footsteps and he led a good way so. <laughs> just joking oh wow <laughs> talking about pressure on people yeah, yeah. no pressure. i just remember like in class dude like your moses's sister you know like i've always like grown up with your like you kind of led the way for us and i know like growing up we were the only really people of color in our small town. So um, yeah, yeah with our fair share of people that didn't like us, but we had like a good solid group of people that did. And I think, you know, that kind of made right. the difference growing up anyways. 
Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I like uh, growing up, like we grew up in a small town, Alberta, and sure, there was racism, but like even I was talking to like my mom last time, even Jordan were talking, and she like my mom was like had to even remind us of the racism, like me at least, mm-hmm. of like stuff that happened. And I was like, like, I think it was just like stuff that happened, and then I just totally took off my back. And it, yeah, as like, and we had such like a good group of people that were around us families and stuff like it was such a small town where the town almost raised you like Mm -hmm. our mom worked hard and stuff but like you know playing the sports and everything so it's hard like even but yeah there wasn't too many black people around and we didn't like we didn't watch tv a lot growing up like maybe later but we were always out playing so and stuff and like when we saw a black person we were like oh like we knew that we were attesting but we never i never it was hard to even identify as black really are, you know? And, and then once you did, and then once things got older and people and kids started pointing out stuff like, you know, and race and stuff. And then, so then now I feel like I have to be black, like be black when I've just been myself this whole time. And now you're asking me to be black. And it's just like, I don't know what that means. I'm just being myself. And now you're like, Oh, you're not black. And I'm just like, well, I am, but, like also me like what happened between grade six to grade nine where you know i was your friend michael now i'm your black friend michael so that started happening and then like and then you start pointing now i start pointing out like oh well you're white and this and white people do some white people do and now they're calling me racist for pointing out what white people do but you guys made me feel excluded and different so now i'm just pointing it out and trying to you know uh, so or like those stereotypes uh, too, it, right? Like you must be good yeah, at so basketball, a lot of stereotypes, like, like all of that, right? So like, yeah, or just like, yeah, or like, yeah, Michael, jump, you can jump high. And it's just like before, like it was just so weird growing up and I was just your friend, Michael, and your, this person. And now I'm supposed to be something that like it, you, I have these expectations on me that I'm supposed to, yeah, jump high or do these things or, you know, know how to rap or things. And like, I'm just like, yeah, it was, so that was the weird part. Uh, yeah, it was uh, definitely different. So, but now, like, everything's coming on, and like, it, there's just, uh, you know, growing up with the white people, it's like, you you know how to make white friends easy. Yeah. Making black friends is more difficult now. It is. Uh, it's, I can make a white, I can make a white friend really easy, but uh, black people, I almost approach as a white person. It's weird. Yeah. weird you know? <laughs> because 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 you want like have white people want the approval of black people that's how i approach so it's very caught in the middle so but it's also like i can't ever go white people are the devil i can't i I can't speak on that because my mama's white and love her uh to death and like i have so many uh, white friends that i love so much and also i've never had a bad experience with the cops really you know so i can't really live in that and so like people like yeah so when you talk about educating it's like i'm still even educating myself mm-hmm. on on the struggle of people like you know understanding that so yeah it's very it's a being in that it's you're very in the middle and you don't and you're at least just trying to yeah just be educated for sure mm-hmm. but yeah but at the same time like the same approach you're going patrick's like well it's not going to be my job to uh, uh you know educate you you have to Especially take that time in, like like you said like you're learning yourself how mm-hmm. to like navigate this like in the middle 
you know, and you grew up around yeah, white people, yeah. so you're just, that's how you, as a kid, I think I identified, you know, and like, I'd struggle with like, oh, I wish I had like nice straight hair and, mm-hmm. you know, I. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Wear those clothes, but they don't look at all me or the can't share each other's makeup with your friends, right? Like, <laughs> that worse. tone doesn't work. I'm sure so, Michael understands. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, for you sure. You show up and then, yeah, you start realizing it. I know, like, mom said, like, when I was in kindergarten, like, some girl said she couldn't be friends with me because I was colored, but, like, I didn't know what that meant, you know? Um, so, like... Yeah, 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 you don't even... Yeah, no. That. And then as you yeah. grow up, you're like, oh, okay, now I'm different. And then you're trying to figure out, yeah, where you fit in in that black community too and then mm-hmm. yeah. it's like a and I think yeah I think and then yeah at that at that point you uh you get to direct di- uh differentiate th- that it's not white people it just there's just good people and there's bad people because yeah. you know really good white people and then sometimes an asshole will come and you're like oh well that's an asshole white person right or mm-hmm. but you it's like oh no you you differentiate like yeah you don't go oh they're all bad or anything like that yeah or they're all you know I against think you or... said with any race right there's always going to be good and bad mm-hmm. yeah and then yep yeah 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 for sure and then but you really get to notice it when you're around such good people yeah and then yeah. one person one dumb person yells something at you across the street while you're riding your bike and you're like well, I can't fight. <laughs> you know, you watch the movies where, you know, like all these like you fight. It's like I'm just myself. I don't, I, you know, I can't fight like that. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, like you said, especially like it's hard when you grow up in those like white communities and stuff like that, and then you're like, what am I? Because all I know is that right. culture, and so expanding into that black culture, yeah, it is so hard because you're not just immersed. Yeah, in most black and so yeah. I find that that's even a struggle and I find, um, you know, a lot of people that I've dated previously are men of color and stuff like that. And even then I find myself right. like, oh, I'm the white person in this relationship, I guess. And it's yeah, weird yeah, yeah, yeah. because outwardly everyone will automatically label you as black from the moment you're a kid right. because that's just how yeah. you look. But then on the inside, you're like, I don't really know. Right. And then you're too light in color to, for right. black people to really acknowledge you and to kind of take that in and be like, yeah, you are part of our culture. They're like, no, you have that yeah. light skin privilege, all of that. But then with the white people, they're like, oh no, 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 you're black, yeah, yeah, yeah. black for us, you know? And then you got like your parents yeah, asked if yeah, you adopted, it, you know? <laughs> like, did you adopt your kids? And yeah, but yeah, and, but yeah, and that, yeah, like Patrick, that's like the weirdest part about it is even, like this, so there's racism or just like segregation between races, between color. But then even in that group, there is still a little mm-hmm. uh, bit of that. Like, right. Like even if you separated race from everybody, we'd still be separating each other by class. You know, mm-hmm. we'd be like, it would be the rich versus the middle class and the middle class versus poor. It'd still be that. So yeah, even in every race, there's still like now, yeah, you got dark skin and like, and now they're that, now that's separate. So that everybody's you're always separated into your little it starts small it's mm-hmm. light versus light skin versus dark and then it's all black people versus this color and then it's all these us then it's north america versus the world now it's the world versus the aliens when they come right like so <laughs> it's it's just it's so yeah so it's yeah tough trying to 
uh, when yeah, just uh, yeah, I, I was growing up as just like I just I di- I didn't like how being black was like a personality you were supposed to have, mm-hmm. right? It's just like I I I'm black and how I am is black because I'm, you know, black. I don't, I shouldn't have to yes. talk a certain way, walk a certain way, dress a certain way. I'm black. And that's how I identify. And me being me is black. Or whatever, yeah. Know? Yeah. Cause it's like, Oh, what's Steven like? Oh, he's really nice. He's kind of nerdy. He's whatever. Okay. What's Patrick like? Well, she's black. And you're yeah. like, what, what is that? Yeah, to? exactly. Right. Yeah. You know? And yeah. Find- yeah. Sorry, I find uh, the biggest thing that I struggle with is pe- when people say like, oh, you talk white, you sound white, like that kind of stuff, because I'm like, all you're saying is that you don't expect black people and people of color to be articulate. And, you know, there's that concept of code switching, which I just learned the terminology for. So I'm going to use it. Um, Thanks. (laughs) So there's that. And, you know, I've been doing it my whole life. Like I'm a very different person if you see me when I'm at work versus when I'm with my whole family, Mm -hmm. who's majority all European. And versus when I'm at home Mm -hmm. or with my black friends even. Um, Because at work, it's like... I'm not going to hide my blackness anymore. I previously used to, and now like I'll show up in my natural hair and whatever, like, I'm just like, that's who I am. So I'm not going to hide it. But um, there's still the part of me that's like, oh, I have my white person customer service voice that comes out between this time to this time every day when I'm in the office. And you know, you're just, you have one set personality and then it needs to be applicable in that specific setting as like a protection mode kind of thing. Um, And so, yeah, like I said, like when I'm home, I'm a different person and, you know, in different settings and stuff like that. I think that that's something that a lot of people also don't recognize. Like I can speak in a lot of slang. I don't really use a lot of slang, but I can use like more, I don't know. What's the terminology here? Uh, not like hood. <laughs> I I can talk. <laughs> not like hood, but yeah, hood. You know what I mean? Like I could be like, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. look at someone and be like, don't be testing my gangster and stuff like that. And I can't say it with a straight face right now. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I could do that. But then when I'm at work, I would never say that. And so, you know, there's that code switching. Right. I know that we all work very different professions and have very different personalities and stuff like that do you find that you guys also experience this and have your own kind of versions of it yeah i think uh, i but yeah i think that uh, uh that's very, i think that's very common to everybody and everybody has their phone voice and their mm-hmm. I, yeah it is uh and then, yeah it's just a professional setting where you just you know don't speak on slang you gotta speak as in a general term that everybody understands that's why they give you scripts you know for you know talking or whatever so yeah i think that's uh pretty common even like between black people but between everybody that mm-hmm. kind of are a little bit different at your workplace unless you come to and and you know that i think that's uh, the goal you know part of the goal in life is to get to a workplace where you can be kind of yourself you know that's why you like the barbershop or the beauty salon where you know you can talk whatever while you're doing somebody's hair or you, know, mm-hmm. you don't have to switch it up for somebody 
Mm -hmm. Do you find people labeling those behaviors as white behaviors though? Because I find that, you know, if I code switch into that and I'm, you know, being a working professional and stuff, and like you said, everyone does that, but then whenever I do it, it's automatically, oh, you're acting so white or you sound like a white person. It's like, no, I'm doing what everyone else does and being a professional in my environment. Right. That kind of thing. What are your thoughts, Jordan? Well, for me, I, I know you guys are talking to like, I don't know if I've just been in Alberta too long. It's just, I think that uh, like identity thing, like, <laughs> like I, I identify like I'm black, but like at the same time, a strong part of me is like white. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I listen to country music, right. <laughs> my dirt bikes. You like, could stop at country yeah. music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, like yeah. I'm just like, I've taken yeah, yeah. and I don't know if that's just like consciously doing it or just like subconsciously like I like know I'm black but I don't know if I've ever really identified as black like Mm -hmm. in a term of like you know I haven't been around many black people like I mean when I've moved to the city and stuff but like I feel more white than I do black and I think that's part of that identity like crisis and I like you're saying like acting white and so now I'm like thinking in my head does like listening to country music <laughs> does that like you know i could be black and yeah. listen to country music there's black yeah. country music artists or there's like right so it's just i think again that search and that what we continue to do is like where where do we stand and like mm-hmm. yes i am black but like i feel like compared to you guys especially you patrick <laughs> no offense <laughs> i just more like i yeah. get with white people and that could just be where what my likes are dis- <laughs> what my likes or dislikes are i don't know yeah 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 that, that tough in between where like yeah I, I'm no for sure but yeah right? and especially like at work and stuff like my professional i have to i don't know i've always this is who i am like i i don't have slang i always laugh at you when you say y'all like <laughs> just, you know yeah. i i don't yeah. have that i've always this is the way i've talked and i mean I, I always joke around and it's funny because Patrick will catch me and she'll be like, you're talking like Michael right now. And I was like, <laughs> maybe that's just because I'm raised around right. Michael. But, you yeah. know, like I with my friends, yeah. of course, I'm going to joke around and, you know, we make always those like stereotype jokes and all of that. But those because I'm comfortable with those friends. But at mm-hmm. work, obviously, um, my language and everything is just, I think, who I am. And so then, yeah, it's just that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I think, yeah, when it comes to that experience you had, Patrick, not too much of, yeah, people saying like, oh, you're acting so white right now. Like that, not, not in a professional setting, at least, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. Yeah. Definitely in like high school growing up, I've had that, but not, yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. But I was, but that, it wasn't me like switching to like be a, in a professional setting. It was just. Yeah. yeah you just me just being me and people and then people saying it and you're like oh yeah you you just don't I like wonder those if it's like different between like guys never and people versus like girls i don't know mm-hmm. that like gender because i know like guys are all like yeah but i don't know my friends growing up who were always like i didn't feel like the token black girl you know it's like mm. sometimes you felt that way but then a lot of times they were just like, this is Jordan. She's funny. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I was definitely always the mm-hmm. black person. Um, 
And then, yeah, like in high school, it was especially like that. And it was hard because, you know, like when you're dating as a teenager, that's, you're like, oh, I'm figuring out who I am. And that doesn't really come till afterwards. But at the time, right. every, I lived in a majority white city and every guy that I went out with was like, oh, I've never been with a black girl. And then you're I so find exotic. myself, oh God, I can't. Someone said that the other day. Yeah. I gotta go have a great mm-hmm. day. Um, yeah. I think but, like, yeah, like, I don't know if, you know, you kind of felt that way with some of the jokes growing up and like, mm-hmm. depending where you went, like I'd go to like basketball tournaments and someone's like, oh, they got a black girl on their team. They're going to win. And I'm like, man, I suck. <laughs> You're like, I'm the worst here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah. And like, there's always like those movies and stuff where people got ideas from like token black friend and yes. all of that stuff. Right. Yeah. So, definitely yeah it was more i think like playful but yeah i have never had like someone come try to like ask me stuff about black people oh like oh no. um so yeah that was something i experienced on instagram a lot people always dm me and say like what does this mean or whatever and then i find that like it's interesting because we you've got me into this is us and so now we're watching it and kevin mm-hmm. is dating I don't remember her name because they rarely say it, but she's black. And so, you know, she has a silk pillowcase and she was talking to someone and she said, you know, oh, he thinks I use this just because I like to be fancy. And she's like, no, like it's because it protects my hair. But like, how much do I want to have to explain to him? Do I always want to have to explain the black parts of Man, my life to him? I never thought you paid this much attention to I do because I resonate with so much in that show. <laughs> um, and yeah. so... Yeah, it's just one of those things. And then I was thinking about that and I was like, that's been my experience too, because half the time, like I'll go to a guy's house and I'll either, if I'm really comfortable with him, I'll just bring a bonnet. (laughs) But if I'm not, I'll bring him the silk pillowcase. And then they're like, oh, you're fancy, right? And half the time I'm like, yeah, sure. That's exactly what it is. Because I'm like, if I have to explain everything I do to maintain the black features of me, like it's exhausting. And so it's hard. And I found, you know, I was talking to someone and she said, like she's a woman of color and she said she prefers black guys solely for that reason. She doesn't want to have to explain why something's racist or when something's racist or, you know, things like that because like that could be exhausting. And so I just think that's a really interesting perspective as well. Um, And so, sorry. (laughs) Um, Someone on my Instagram had posted that, Uh, she had posted in her stories and she's a black woman she's married to white man and they have a biracial child um, and she's a little bit darker but not too much darker than me kind of thing Um, and so she posted that she recognized that people had preferences between the terminology biracial or mixed Um, and I, I thought it was interesting because like when I she put a question box and was like, what do you think? And whatever. And I was like, I use both. I don't really care if people describe me as either. I don't like when it's mixed with other words. Like when people say like mixed breed, I'm like, no, I'm not a dog. Um, and stuff like that. But do you guys lean more towards certain terminology when describing your ethnicity and cultural background? Yo, Ontario is different. I, growing up in Ontario for you is different. I don't know. Like, I'll, 
I don't know if it's us growing up in small town Alberta, just not even think. We don't even think about these things. I was that, just gonna say, I don't know. I just don't. I won't speak for Jordan, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I, I joke. I'm African, but I don't like. I never had no intent. Yeah, not right. Yeah, I don't lean towards a, a certain thing. You know, I'll be. Yeah, I probably. I I haven't heard half breed, but probably wouldn't like that either. Uh, but at the same, yeah, don't lean too much. You know, some uh, someone just goes, yeah, half. Usually, just half white almost is the mm-hmm. main thing. Like, uh, half, and half, yeah, yeah. White, she, yeah. I'm a yeah, half, double half, double. You know, half. half. Yeah, half and half. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Half and half extra two sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Shot of Irish cream, you know. <laughs> yeah, salt yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember what Leticia describes herself as, and. Uh, she's my other sister, but she's half Caribbean. Um, and I'm trying to, I think she used to, she was so cheesy. It used to be like, it sounded like a Starbucks drink. It was like moulot something. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but, and it was interesting because in this thread that she shared, you know, some people were really offended by that. And I also found it interesting because a lot of the people that wrote back were like either fully black or fully white. It wasn't a lot of mixed people that provided the feedback. Right. Like that's all the time on social media. Yeah, of course. Like big, huge, complex issues, and it's usually like people that aren't even involved in the like mm-hmm. thing that have something to comment. You know? Yeah, and then so I'm reading right. the comments, and I'm like, "Y'all think this out way more than I do," and like, "This is my right. life, not yours," kind of thing. Right. Yeah, but then I'm like, I don't know, because you know, like, even with like having kids. Um, I'm curious to see how like all my nieces and nephews will end up identifying because like yours, you're half, um, and then their dad's white. And so I'm curious to see if, you know, growing up, they'll want to acknowledge more of their blackness. Or well, if it's kind of like funny because like, like my youngest, right? Blonde hair, super light. And I like tell him that he's got brown in him and he's like, no, I don't. Like, <laughs> literally you're looking at your mom who's brown right now. You do. Yeah. 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 So just there, I think it's like right now they're little, but yeah, you know, as they grow, it'll be kind of funny to see what, yeah. they, what they say they are just because yeah, mm-hmm. I know like my youngest, I had to explain to him that like your mom's brown. You, you know yeah. how my genetics play out to you, but yeah, it's hard to tell with him. Right. Yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be very interesting. Maybe a little challenging, like as they're like teenagers and older and stuff, and mm-hmm. like you know, try like and if and if they're trying to be socially accepted, they'll lean this way. But if they're like mm-hmm. you know maybe trying to make a black friend, they'll go I'm they'll go I'm <laughs> like a little black, and then the, the the black person will be like, well, you look pretty, you know, not black, and they're like, no, but my mom, and they'll have to show a photo. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. This is my grandpa. Yeah. No, for real. Like, and then like, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. And it'll be cool. Like as generations pass on too. Like I always think of like, if my kids like ever got with like a black person, Mm -hmm. then like the chances of them, like even having like darker skinned kid versus like what they're like, what that'll look like. It'll just be kind of cool to see Mm -hmm. just depending for sure how their lives go but mm-hmm. i think Absolutely. i don't know talking yeah. with us it's like maybe we should move out of a small alberta town <laughs> <laughs> and they know how to identify better mm. uh, 
well, it's hard. And like, you know, I didn't even grow up in a small Alberta town. I grew up all across Canada kind of thing because we moved so often. And even then I was like, I don't know how to be a black person. I'm never around black people. Like I just totally isolated in that. Yeah. And now I'm like panicking because I'm like, I don't know how to raise a black son. <laughs> I'm like, what, what, yeah, like I know yeah. how to do his hair and how to make sure he's well moisturized and that kind of stuff. But like when it comes to like the yeah. cultural side of things and kind of, because I want him to be able to embrace that culture more than I was able to, um, because right. that's something that's become really important to me. And I'm like, I don't even know how I would remotely approach mm. this. So I'm like, how can I find a black role model for him? <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah michael like growing yeah. up how did you feel when we went to go visit like ola's family like our aunts and stuff i just always felt mm -hmm. like out of place you know like i don't know what you guys are saying I don't... <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like that, that's difficult because that's like even that's not even like north america like that's like straight from like that's africa uh mm -hmm. you know yeah definitely different like you know Definitely growing up with a white mom didn't give us the palate for spicy food like <laughs> so, you know like I just remember that all of a sudden like eating the spicy chicken I was like this is a lot like I need like you know I can't handle spice like I you know, like I like yeah. <laughs> yeah like I would want to like mom made like like I like the food but it's 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 simple it's nothing's too you know like with a, a spiciness that uh, you know I grew up with so uh, yeah, you kind of feel like a little bit out of, but I, but also the, those were kind of the most exciting times because yeah, it's like I'll maybe identify as African more than like black, like but they're same thing. But you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Kind of like th those were moments being, yeah, being those moments around are like, like if I if I see an African person, I feel like I can. If I see like a North American black, I'm, that's a hard, and uh, that's me me looking for approval and me wanting to like, hey, hang out. But also, but if I see an African, I'm like, okay, cool. Like this is, I know how to talk to you because I've talked to my dad and like, you know, grew up and like, and talked to the, like his brother and sister and like that. So that's, uh, I can do that. But so, mm -hmm. yeah, th those were, I think for me, Jordan, th those were like, you know, those moments were like, oh, this is this is this is nice. This is nice to have, and I like go back with, like go back to the white town and go, oh, I'm African. We're mm -hmm. like, yeah, I remember like, Ola coming to the school and all the kids stopping and that must be Michael Jordan or Daniel's <laughs> dad, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's just such the yeah. weird growing up. How did you feel at those dinners with, with the extended family that were all? from there like, like recently i took like a cultural training class in uh for work and we were working with like some indigenous specialists and stuff and we had to in like the Cree tradition like explain where we came from and like it long in depth yeah. like where you came from so like mm -hmm. it kind of gave you that sense of like okay this is where i came from and like, here's our traditions. And then like, sometimes you got to research it because you didn't really, you know, <laughs> and then like just some of their traditions, like eating right. off the same plate and like that sort of stuff that like, that's our culture, but like, that's not how you were raised, you know? And mm -hmm. it's kind of like, okay, you get to get a right. glimpse in like that culture, but at the same time, go back home to eating that, you know, 
different plate, different, you know? Yeah. Not that sense of community, I don't think, like, in Western culture, right? Yeah. And there's, like, that always that battle, I think, when you're, like, first generation born in Canada, when you got people that want to keep traditions, like, your parents and stuff, and then you've got, like, the Western culture that you want to be conform to yeah exactly mm-hmm. but I think it was beneficial for seeing that but. yeah yeah and I think that's that's a really good point I like that you brought up like going to those family dinners and stuff because um like in my experience that wasn't anything I ever experienced uh, I think the first time I tried African food was when I was like 16 getting my hair braided by my friend's boyfriend's mom and she was the only black woman in town that braided hair and so she just like fed me random right. stuff. I'm like, I don't even know how to pronounce half of this, but I'll eat it. And half of it's, I'm like, I don't know if I like this, but like, I feel like I have to because we're both African, even though from very different countries. Um, and then I found that right. when I was trying to lean more into that black side of me and trying to learn more about it, I, you know, was at the time, one of my closest friends was, African and uh, so her family like she'd invite me to her family dinners and then you get all that soul comfort food that I never really had and then you know I made a friend with a black lady at a care home that I worked at doing support work and she invited me to like her cookouts and stuff and I was like this is so exciting like I get the black experience I get the black food and stuff like that so and then it becomes token to us <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly so yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um, are you guys, how do you feel about Black History Month? Just in general, do you feel like, personally, I I understand the concept of it, but I would much rather see it integrated into schools. I would rather see like actual tangible action taken from it because at this point, you know, you see brands launching like Black History Month, here's our campaigns for it. And here's our, you know, product line honoring it. And it just becomes a marketing thing. And I'm like, there's, you know, I understand that people have these conversations and then people are more open to talking about it because they're like, oh yeah, it's the month for it. But then the month is over and they're like, yeah, what was that again? I don't even remember. Um, And so I'm at mixed feelings because you know, previous years, I would share a lot on my personal Instagram about it and try my best to raise that awareness. And now like someone had posted a video and she's like, I'm not doing that this year. Like I'm not doing that emotional labor. I will just be hot and black and on the internet. I posted that and I was like, that will be me, but I'll still be sharing it on two feet apart (laughs) just because that's part of the brand. But it's like, I don't want to lean too much into Black History Month because I don't think it needs to be limited to one month and I would rather see it be, like I said, in the schools, like I never learned very much at all. I don't even remember learning about slavery. Like, yeah, no, I don't remember it. I, maybe we covered it for a week or two and that's about it, but I much more remember all of the complex European world wars and all of that. And I, I remember a lot of indigenous history because um, I did take separate courses on that in post-secondary and in high school. Um, But even then, if I didn't take those courses, I'd only know like the minimal of what they teach. And so I'd much rather see it instead of being a month, just cut that out instead of pointing out that, oh, we need a month to learn about it. No, take out that month and just make it something we learn about. Right. 
Yeah, that no, like, I think yeah, what you said is a great point. Like, yeah, it should be in schools. It's tough to <laughs> put it in schools because the the true history of like black history is like gruesome and what how uh you know black people have have been oppressed is very, like when you really look into how the system and how these certain men in these position white men in positions have like purposely kept the black people down it's like you know it's it's more than just jackie robinson was this and you know and this george washington uh maybe did peanut butter and you know and then you know it's more than mandela it's more than martin luther king mm -hmm. the the stuff like the fact that you know the fact that like uh you know we had all these black soldiers go overseas and they and then they promised us the the same houses they promised you know these white uh you know soldiers when they came back from the war and then they came back and they said no other black people don't get it but now these white people were given wealth for fighting the war given these houses and these suburbs and stuff and be able to and they were able to build generational wealth from that and black people were told they were going to be able to get that there's all these black soldiers but then weren't given it and like it's just creating oppression and like they have and then they you know kept us out of schools and education and then and then they you know put us in these and they segregated uh you know the black so it's like it's a very gruesome mm -hmm. uh, history that you know they i don't know they, that they they definitely don't want to teach because they'll you know uh doesn't look good on uh on you know whoever is in charge of that but yeah i think it's uh yeah and black history yeah at the month you know yeah shouldn't be it's not limited to, to a month yeah this month is like all right it's february but you know they also put valentine's day and it's also my birthday in this month and mm -hmm. you know yeah it's it's more than just like okay black lives matter on a t-shirt or like whatever you said like any ca campaign and stuff and yeah i think you know as black people we gotta be living it every you know every year round you know like uh, LeBron said, you know, uh, recently, you know, you strive for black excellence every day and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it can't just be to a month. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, but, and yeah, and yeah. it's good, but well, yeah, you gotta be educating and learning every, each, every, all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And with your point about it, you know, being taught in schools and not wanting to teach the gruesome parts and stuff like that, like, Absolutely. And I agree with that. But then I also think that we need to acknowledge and recognize history that's black history beyond the struggles. Like there's so much beauty in the black history. There's even, you know, even if you tell the stories of why our hair gets braided certain ways and why we call it cornrows and stuff like that, just like learning the perseverance right. I think would be so important but it's interesting because as I grew up and as I was learning more about this like my younger brother is white and so he would often be sitting with me while I watched documentaries or I would tell him about a book I was reading and stuff like that and then he was like I'm really ashamed to be a white person and I'm like that's not the thing like it shouldn't be oh all of a sudden you're uncomfortable with your culture's history because of what has happened it's okay how can we make sure that we kind of level the playing field. Like you said, you know, those white people kind of started with these homes and this uh, kind of social structure ready for them. And then it was a long time before we could join that. And so just ensuring that that's something that's more 
recognized and just that perseverance factor instead of, oh, we have to hide part of our history to make other people more comfortable. I think it's, we have to normalize that this is what happened and acknowledge it so that we can move forward as a whole community. Right. What are your thoughts? Right, absolutely. I think like you guys were both saying everyday life and I mean, even if it's raising awareness about people's own biases that maybe play into it, like mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't aware of their like subconscious biases yeah. that like factor into like the stuff that's going on in the world today, whether that's racism mm-hmm. or like, you know, anything like that. And right. I get, like highlighting it for a month and then you got people that think that's unfair because, you know, these certain people should have a month and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, and, you know. And so I think like it should be factored into everyday life because it becomes like a Hallmark, Hallmark month, right? Where yeah. you're having advertisements and just right. cool for a month and then let's probably forget about it till next February. For it. Yeah. 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 And then uh, I think, yeah, just right. aware, like raising that awareness of like being mm-hmm. the struggles and like people, I mean, you're not going to change people that don't want to change, but you know, you got to like... It's got to be in their face, I think, sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. in the sense of yeah. getting them to listen or getting them to understand, um, whether that's schooling yeah. and stuff like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I won't keep you much longer. I know you've been recording most of the evening. So let's all end on something that we are looking forward to. It can be something small. It can be winter ending. <laughs> Um, it can be whatever, yeah. but, uh, we'll share that. And then, um, if you want to say anything about the projects you're working on, Michael, we can, inc- I can include all the links below. Um, and otherwise I'll include your YouTube and podcast that you already mentioned. Um, so cool. yeah. Do you want to start Jordan? If there's anything you're working on and want to share as well, I'll also link it below. Just so you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Michael uh, pushing me for greatness. Just joking. Um, what am I looking forward to? You know, I looking forward to. I'm trying to be mindful right now. Like, just take day by day and live in the moment. I'm trying to practice that for 2021. I'm looking forward nice. to tomorrow. <laughs> Waking up another day. Uh, you know. Um, no, I'm just joking. That's a good I, attitude to have. Yeah, I think like. Just looking forward to uh, my own per- personal growth this year and trying to, like, again, search for answers for myself and, like, what I want to do, that pursuit of happiness kind of thing. So just been looking at that mindfulness and, like, mm-hmm. ways of viewing things and, like, trying to be positive, you know? I don't want to try to be negative all the time. I want to look at things in a positive light because your world's only, like, as negative as you make it, right? So. Mm-hmm. Especially during this pandemic. Uh, oh, gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, I, uh, looking forward to this piece of cheesecake I got waiting for me downstairs right now. Uh, and Super Bowl is Sunday. And, yeah, looking forward to moving to New York and uh, going at this comedy thing mm-hmm. in the greatest city to do it. Uh, up on stage with the greatest comics and you know seeing what i can do so that's something i'm looking forward to uh, this whole process and this life-changing move for myself mm-hmm. and 
yeah uh, absolutely you know make sure just uh you know subscribe to my youtube i'm i'm, put, I'm putting out content i'm working working on it working hard being consistent and uh, yeah tap that link okay um for me mine's not as deep as jordan's um i am trying to be more mindful <laughs> but it's not working very well um i'm looking forward to having maternity leave to focus more on the branding for two feet apart and the podcast and kind of rolling out new content because COVID definitely messed that up. Um, and you know, instead of doing workshops and e-courses, it kind of just flat lined to only the podcast, um, which I love that has still been able to keep going. Like, thank goodness for the creators of zoom and video calling and stuff like that, because I think that's exciting. Yes. And I'm looking forward to being the sole owner of my body again. But uh, I guess you could also associate <laughs> forward to to seeing my son. I guess that's weird to say. Next journey in his life. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway. Meeting. Yes. Thank you guys for joining awesome. me. Th I love you both. Thanks for having me. Love you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Nice to talk to you both in this setting about these subjects and yeah <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right <laughs> have a great evening